It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Presented by our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. All right, today's episode is part two of the most clutch plays in Auburn football history. We are excited about it. We hope you are too. Joining me today, Michael Pappas and Ben Taylor. We will pick up our conversation where Friday's conversation ended. If you uh, missed Friday's show, highly encourage you to circle back to that to hear numbers uh, five through six plus some honorable mention. And then today we're doing the top five most clutch plays in Auburn football history. All right, gentlemen, top five time. You guys ready to go? Yep, ready to judge. All ready right. to be judgmental. Sweet, sweet. Well, you have no issue doing that. No, not at all. <laughs> all right, number five. Uh, you go first this time. I did. I went first okay. for six. All right, Ben's not going to like this. Uh oh. Special teams got to be. <laughs> got to be special teams. Incorrect. Wow. No. Oh. My number five comes from the twenty ten. No, comes from the 2013, sorry, the 2013 Auburn-Georgia game. It is not the miracle in Jordan-Hare. It is D. Ford decleating Aaron Murray on the last play of the game. I think you'd be shocked at how much I like that you put that in there. <sighs> really? I stayed away from that game on this list. Uh, I don't have the miracle in Jordan-Hare because I don't think that was clutch. I think that was, quite frankly, insanely lucky. Um, well, and then I thought about you know the goal line stop because it got so close. But the defense was so anti-clutch after that you know iconic play. You score, and the defense is just like, cool, we're just going to like, we're going to possibly lose this game now yeah so I, I just didn't want to give any credit to the defense for that game and I didn't remember if that was actually the last play or not um I think when you just came back to my office I was actually watching it uh prepping for this list but I think that is how the game ended it is yeah, yeah. that was the last play uh Murray steps up in the pocket and like right as he's releasing the ball D Ford just l- lights him up yeah and the ball you know goes like five yards and and that's the end but I mean with as good as Aaron Murray was you know during his college career uh, if D Ford doesn't make that hit you have we have no idea what yeah, I mean no that idea. could have right. been a perfect pass uh, mm-hmm. that that won Georgia the game and so I you know it, it like we said with a lot of these plays I mean it keeps the season alive for your team um, and you have a, a guy stepping up in a you know a leader stepping up in a huge moment there um, so I got that D Ford hit on Aaron Murray. Okay, so that's your number five. My number five is also from 2013 from the Iron Bowl. Nick Marshall to Sammy Coates to tie the game. Um, I, I think uh, I think Auburn. I think people kind of forget about other things. You know that game. They think about the kick six, but Auburn was down. They had to fight back for it for that game to be tied for uh, Nick Saban to choose to kick a field goal. So. They, um, I, I went with Nick Marshall there, and I mean, this is a this is a crazy play that I still don't think it's a, as much love as it should because 
This was Malzahn bending the rule book. I mean, this play led to uh, to a rule change. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how many plays can you point to and say, oh, this literally changed the game of football? So I know that doesn't make it more or less clutch, but I just think it's fascinating and very interesting to talk about. But um, I think, um, I think uh, yeah, I think that's the fifth most clutch play in Auburn football history. I'll give you a nod, but not give you the win. Because that was a scoring play, number one. Number two, it was definitely needed, and it was not just uh, – I know that it doesn't have anything to do with rule changes, but uh, it also showed Mal- Malzahn, like, his play-calling abilities at the time where it confused the defense. And I know that everybody says, well, the men downfield and all that kind of – he was wide open, mm-hmm. okay, regardless if there were men downfield or not. And the, I wonder how long he sat on that for. And the, and the, corner, and the corner bit. I mean, Why is that funny? Why is that funny? Uh, just because it's like – it it makes me uh, chuckle because it's like, like that's the answer to that statement could be literally like the whole season. Like he, has, oh, there's he no could, doubt. Like he's just the kind of it person be- and the kind of mind that he could have had that circled as like, yeah, we're, we'll we'll run this in a fun moment at some like at some point this season. Yeah. Oh, he could have had it sitting in his pocket since like spring training the year before. Yeah. Who I mean, knows? It, right. He just yeah. he does that. He's so yeah. I, I got to go with Zach on that one. And cool. The Ryan. answer also could have been like he just glanced on his play sheet and was like, oh, this one. Yeah. yeah we have a call. That's I this forgot year. we yeah. had this. <laughs> All right. My number four, Michael is Antoine Carter. Him forcing the fumble on Mark Ingram in the 2010 Iron Bowl. Auburn was down 21 to nothing, and I mean Alabama was about to score again. Mark Ingram may have scored on that play if he hadn't gotten um, gotten uh, pulled down by Carter, but punched it out of the end zone and uh, forced a forced a touchback and an amazing bounce. I mean, when does a football ever bounce that straight <laughs> the way that it's originally going? I mean, uh, absolutely incredible. And uh, yeah, I think if, if I think if they would have gone down um, twenty eight to nothing, it may have been a little too much. So I'm going to give it to Antoine Carter um, in, in the twenty ten Iron Bowl. My number four is the kick six. Hmm. Um, uh, obviously an incredibly clutch play, one that you know is as iconic as iconic plays go, especially for Auburn and. Um, I, I, uh, I'll just go ahead and like my number three is the Marshall to Coates pass that Zach just talked about. Um, I think the kick six is less clutch, even though it had, even though it was to win the game, because I think that the kick six is a much flukier play in the sense that it happens so less frequently and it is something that is so, like, Bama was clearly just ill-prepared for a play like that um, versus when the offense has to run the play to, you know, put the team even in the position to have um, have the kick six happen so uh, do you, to win them the game. So do you think if it's fluky, it's not clutch? Uh, I consider a play more clutch when it is, like, well-run and clean. And there's not like there's it's a lot more difficult for you to point to and be like, like, um, it's absolutely ridiculous that that happened. Like, what a ridiculous way to win a football game or something. You know what I mean? So we we talked about early in our list, the um, you mentioned 2013 Georgia. You didn't mention the the prayer and Jordan hair. But like, if that would have been the last play of the game, like, I think that. 
probably is the most clutch play or one of the most clutch plays in Auburn history. It doesn't matter how fluky it is. It's just, I think it's like, the reason I didn't put that on here is because Auburn almost lost. Like they almost gave it up right after it happened. Um, but with the kick six, like that's not the case. It, like literally time was not on the clock. I think it becomes a lot more clutch if for some reason it's not going to overtime. Like they lose if he doesn't do it. But then like Alabama wouldn't be kicking it to begin with. So like that doesn't make sense. But um, I don't know. I, I think uh, it's, it's higher up on my list and we'll get there in, uh, eventually. I, I was just curious your thoughts on that. Yeah. I think that Ricardo Lewis's catch is an, is insanely clutch. Okay. The play as a whole, I don't think is a super clutch play because I mean there's a very good argument to be made that it was a bad pass and a bad decision and then the Georgia defenders tipping the ball like that is them getting lucky and then Ricardo Lewis makes an incredible catch and scores the touchdown. And so I don't think it was a clutch play. I think that was a, you know, the the last couple seconds were a very clutch moment for Ricardo Lewis. I I, I think the kick six is is an incredibly clutch play. I have a number four on my list, but I do think from play call all the way until, you know, touchdown for all the reasons that you said and all the reasons, you know, otherwise that the Marshall to Coates play is just a little more clutch. All right. Ben Taylor, our judge, what do you think? Because I'm doing this the way I'm judging these, head-to-head. So I, I'm going to go with you on this, but I'm going to disagree with you, uh, Michael. Um, no, you're supposed to look at them where they are as the number four on the list. Yeah, I don't really have you. I have your the one the one you chose. I have it like further down the list if I okay. were if I were picking. So that's the one reason cool. I would I would I would go with that. But I would I will disagree with Michael on this. Is I still consider it clutch and not fluky to kick six because the coaching staff had the wherewithal to put Davis back. So that was the plan that he's probably going to come up short. They had just like you would a punt. They had the wall set up for them. So I mean, they knew like they executed but with the wall. Only thing I was scared about, and even this day, I still get nervous when I watch it. I think Robinson Therese is going to tackle him yeah. from behind when he's running beside him, or trip him up, or, or something. Trip him, like, get away from him because he starts running like backwards, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Get away from him!" <laughs> so that was the uh, and and I always said, I said that would be the most Auburn thing ever if he would have tripped him running down the field. Yeah. Um. But that was like they execute they. Auburn had the plan. If there's anything that was fluke about it, it was that Alabama was clueless. I, I just mean that it's like when I guess in this case, when I say fluky, I don't mean like like lucky. I mean like like that is a one in a billion. Like you rarely ever see something like that happen, mm-hmm. and so it's so like out of the scope of normal football that that is why I like I feel like it is slightly like you said it was. That's why Alabama, I think it should be higher. Alabama was so ill-prepared that it and and yes Auburn did execute the play very well but I mean you could tell almost immediately that like he was gonna have a chance like to run that back and it just I just feel like when you're going against a, a team that is there is ready is you know they like offense versus defense kind of like what you were saying with special team like at the beginning when you were like you picked a special teams play like it's, I don't know, something about the offense to defense. And, and I do put a little more stock in if the Marshall to coach play wouldn't have happened, there's no kick six. That's true. Yeah. So I agree that. That, that's why I have. So do you think Wes Byram's kick is not clutch because if Michael Dyer's run didn't happen, it wouldn't 
wouldn't be there. Is that mm-hmm. your is that logic consistent? No. Okay. I guess not. Cool. <laughs> All right. We will continue our list next right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, you you go first for odd numbers, right? So you uh number three, Marshall Dakotes. Okay, I guess we don't need to talk about it, right? Yeah, we we just, already talked yeah, about it. Okay, sweet. It, yeah. uh, mine is uh, Nix to Sanders in '93 in the Iron Bowl off the bench. He was not um, didn't get really get a chance to warm up. It was fourth and a mile, and then um, he nails it, and then um, you know caps off the perfect season, and you get to do it against Alabama. You always uh, you always take that. So next to Sanders uh, in the 1993 Iron Bowl is my number three. My turn to judge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got to go with Zach. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little surprised you picked mine, actually, just because of the way you talk so highly about um, when we were talking about Marshall to Coates in, in 13. You talk so highly about it. I didn't know if – I mean, where do you think that Yeah, but fits? the situation I – mean, you... I think the situation uh, with the Nick to Sanders thing, as you said, I mean, it's fourth down. It's, hey, kid, come off the bench and make a throw. Not just make a throw, make one that's got to be almost perfect – um, and again, this goes back to that bias I was talking about, about growing up. I mean, you're talking about 93. That was right when I was, I mean, you were sitting somewhere every Saturday to try and find it. Cause it's not like it was, there was no SEC network. I mean, you either had to catch a Jefferson pilot game. It had to be a CBS game or it had to be, um, even ESPN was, a, I mean, it was, it was big, not as big as it is now. Sure. So, I mean, there was no, you know, there, there weren't eight places to watch a game. So the fact that you got to – that was one that was always going to be covered and the whole world was watching yeah. during those times. So, um, yeah, that's why I'm going with that one. Yeah. Do you think the success of Bo Nix so far in his career makes some of his dad's plays better when you look back on it now? Because I think it does. I think it makes I – th- I think that his dad was – he was a very good player. Don't get me wrong. But I think that – Bo is a much better athlete I agree than, with that. than Pat Nix was. And so looking back and when they show the highlights of him, you're sitting there going, it's pretty impressive he was able to do that well, and do this and that's, do the other. That's the thing is now that Bo is playing, all you see and hear about Patrick Nix are the highlights. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and since he played 20 years ago, it's a – or 26 years ago or whatever it is, it's the uh, – you know, you, you you get like a glossier image of um uh, of his playing career. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you know Zach and I didn't watch him play, but right. Well, I mean, just the big moments, though. I mean, you know, anytime you're doing big moments against the Floridas and the Alabamas of the world, it comes up. All, obviously, yeah. his highs yeah. were incredibly high. Sure. And Michael and I were talking about making our list, and plus, he was in an age though it was a run heavy league at the time. So the fact that he football in general was yeah, yeah. I mean his his highlights they're being you know passing plays for touchdowns against major programs and prime time that's that's pretty huge right and Michael and I were talking about our list before we got going and he's like hey mine's gonna mine's a little recency bias I think it's in there I'm like mine is too and I'm like I I think the bottom line is I think Auburn football 
is better in the last 10 years than, than it ever has been. In my opinion, I know I know in the mid '80s you had some really awesome teams, and and then the early '90s you had some good stuff as well. But I mean, just as far as like you know, the last decade, I think Auburn has been in more situations and on bigger stages where the plays can be more clutch, and there's just so much more on the line. So I think this list is naturally going to be geared towards the 2013s and the 2010s, and and, and you know those seasons. And then I guess 2004 as well and, and five, but just because the stakes are higher. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about clutchness, I think that's a, that's a big part of it. We will continue our list next right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're on two, right? Yes. Yes. My number two is Michael Dyer's run in the national championship. I think when you talk about accomplishments and and what Auburn has accomplished in the course of its history, I think... I think a national championship is uh, about as good as you can get. And so I think I think that was largely due in part of Michael Dyer's run at the end of the season or at the end of the game, setting up the West, uh, the West kick at the end of the game. But it was just so close. Uh, I mean, I think it was technically shorter than a PAT is. So I, I don't necessarily see that as clutch as what Michael Dyer did uh, to set it all up. So that is why he is my number two. Uh, my number two is Cam Newton to Lutz in the Camback. Okay. Um, I actually just wrote down the Camback. I think the whole thing, if I could put a sequence, I would put that one. It's pretty clutch. Um, obviously, keeping your national championship hopes alive on the road against your biggest rival in you know one of the biggest stadiums in the country, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but... Obviously, that has also turned into an iconic play with with the dance that Lutz does, um, the throwback to seal the comeback. <laughs> and uh, why'd you give him some nuts? Because yeah, I couldn't leave you hanging. He was proud of himself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that is uh, that's my second most clutch play. He was feeling it. And he had the right to be, because I think he wins at number two. All right. We are tied. (laughs) We are tied here. Oh, boy. Who's going to be most clutch in Auburn's most clutch list? You go first on odds, right? Your turn. Um, I don't have a great feeling about this. Uh, But I'm going with Wes Bynum in the national championship. Uh, A kick... <laughs> a, a kick to win a national championship. I get that it wasn't a very long kick, but okay. But you use the argument to talk down one of my points earlier, saying, "Well, if if the 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 yeah, but I Marshall also, the coats yeah, but I also doesn't said happen, that like, the kick six doesn't happen." Also argued with me earlier where you said that you need to quit looking at situational things, and this is situational. Wait, what do you mean situational things? Because I mean, he knew everybody knows. I mean, it's the end of the game is to win a national title. This, that, and the other. It's a situational thing. That's why you're giving it clutch because it was. You just said it's because it was a, Wait, a no, field goal to win. What the did I title. say that you should stop looking at situations? That was all the way back the other day when we were talking top five. Now, today we're talking top five. I mean top uh, five or six through the, ten. The first five yeah, parts first of five. the list. 
I don't know when I would have said that, but okay. Um, no, I I know that. I, that's why I said that the logic is not consistent. I I, I know I don't okay. have anything to say. I mean, the Michael Dyer play. My I guess my argument would be that that was. I mean, that's the equivalent of as, Nick Marshall to Sammy Coates in thirteen, right? As far as setting up the greatness that could happen, and you made the argument that that was more clutch. I than don't the kick think six. those are equivalent. Okay, because H- Michael Dyer didn't score. Like okay. they, all they needed to do was get down the field, and, and they would have had more. I mean, they would have they had enough time to run more plays if Michael Dyer was down. Also, that's a crazy fluky play where everyone, including him, thought he was down, and then he was the first one that realized no one blew a whistle. All right, and. Like I, I, it was a great run. I don't want to take anything away from the run. I just, I think me, it was incredibly clutch. Right when we say, right when you said this list, I still think he should have scored. Right, right when you take yeah, a while to get yeah, started. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's not clutch. Yeah. He should have scored. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we've seen that before in a national championship. Yeah. Um, he. I'm sorry, folks. If y'all just have flashbacks to <laughs> Pasadena, I'm so sorry. Um, oh gosh. Now, right when you said we were doing this list. I, I knew this was my number one most clutch play in Auburn history. I mean, the the kick to win the national championship, this is, I, I'm really, I don't know if I'm sorry or not, Wes Bynum, but th- this is the biggest moment of his life. And, and he, he steps up. He's a lawyer now. Okay, maybe not. No, it probably is. <laughs> okay. I'm oh, sure passing the bar is great, though. At least up until this point. It's you got the, any kids? I usually rank right up there. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Up until this point, it was... Ask me next month. We'll see. It was the biggest (laughs) moment of his life. And he steps up and he nails the kick and gives Auburn its first national championship in 50-plus years. All right. My number one's the kick six. I think it's the most clutch play, arguably, in in sports. Um, You you, you can say it's fluky. You can say it's unlikely. And I kind of like what you said uh, early in our conversation about it. It's It's almost like it's removed from football. And I think it's just because it's so... It's uh, it's just so incredible, and I I think it's I think you could say it's the most clutch play in in all of sports. I know you needed other things to to make it happen. I think you I I, I know you needed the clutch play of of Marshall to Coates to to set it up, but just the way everything unfolded perfectly. I mean, you also equally needed you know Alabama to just be so anti clutch and kicking as well as converting fourth downs. I mean, whenever you go back to rewatch that game, and I know we all have multiple times. There's always there's always situations where I'm like, wait, how do we win this game? Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> and so I mean, you needed more than just that play. And so if we're if we're having that logic, I mean, we can take away all of these, all the plays on this list because obviously you need certain things to happen in order to set up some of these great moments. But I believe the kick six is the most clutch play in Auburn history as well as the most clutch play in in college football history. And if you want to say sports, I'm cool with it. And that's why Zach wins because he wow. the nod. For the reasons I said earlier, six to five, baby. I still don't see any part of that being a fluke whatsoever, just because it was planned. I mean, it was they they set it up. Auburn executed exactly what they wanted to do. You know, the only fluke part about it was hoping that the guy came up short and missed. Because even if he goes wide left or wide right and has the distance, yeah, you're not touching the football. Yeah, um, but the fact that he, you know, again, I just want to clarify before I get yelled at a lot online. <laughs> I only, <laughs> I'm not sitting here talking down about the kick six or saying that it is like. No, we're not talking down about any of these did plays. You have, a bad, saying, have you had a few bad moments online lately? I just don't <laughs> want a bunch of people coming at me like, it's not a fluke. It, it was not. Like like Ben said, 
<laughs> they were prepared. They executed the play extremely well. <laughs> it is just a one in a billion play. That is what I meant when I said it was fluky. I did not mean that it was lucky or anything like that. <laughs> I like I cover I, your grounds, baby. I don't. Let's go. And it is still very high on my list. Yeah, I, it, is. it is an incredible play. Um, well, cool. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it should be higher. Hey, these uh, these recommendations were sent to us by. Um, oh goodness, I lost the tweet by Keith uh, Keith uh, Keith Dale Splon. I hope that's your real name because that's actually an awesome name. But he sent us uh, a few list recommendations. If you like these and you have an idea of, oh, I want to hear the guys rank this and Ben Judge, let us know what those are. We'd really appreciate it. Ben, where can people find you and hear you, buddy? Uh, Wings 94.3 in the morning, 6 to 9, uh, Ben and Friends. And then you can uh, find me online. Uh, it's a personal Twitter account, but it's AU7AUSE, the number 7EN. Perfect. Michael Pappas? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackby. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn. We will see you tomorrow right here on the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.